I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. Technology really kind of flipped the switch or kind of started advancing or developing this characteristic of like, of self-owned learning. In today's episode, I interview Peter John Hunt, who is a completely self-taught developer. Today, he tells the story of how he went from convincing his first job to take a risk on someone who had literally zero formal education to becoming the chief technology officer at Useful Group in Chicago. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, and this is We Belong Here, lessons from unconventional paths to tech. My guest today lives in the suburbs of Chicago with his wife and children. He's a self-proclaimed web developer and problem solver. He likes to bring the nitty-gritty of technical world to people in an intuitive, analytical, and efficient way. Using his background in IT, networking, and programming, he builds beautiful websites for people and businesses, from startups and local restaurants to large corporations and Fortune 500 companies. He believes every problem has a solution and loves the thrill of learning or building something new. His name is Peter John Hunt. Peter John, welcome to the show. Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to have you here today. I suppose we should start at the beginning because uh, as you told me over Twitter, you were a self-taught dev out of high school. So let's let's dive into that story. Yeah. So uh, I kind of have a, a unique background slash upbringing than maybe uh, most people. I'm, I'm actually one of nine and I was homeschooled all the way through. So not too many people yeah, you run into say that. So I'm fourth. Uh, my youngest sister is actually still just uh, 14. So my, my parents still, still even have kids at home, uh, which is weird because I have uh, my own kids as well. Oh, I love it. So I'm from Chicago land area as well, Lake Forest. Oh, really? That's great. Yeah, we're in Aurora. I, you know, my, uh, yeah, I, I grew up outside of Chicago, you know, traveled around different suburbs, um, but are, are still here uh, enjoying the cold, dark winters one day at a time. I love it. I, as I sit here in Miami, it's pretty gorgeous today. Um, but this is the beauty of remote world that we can connect like this. So love to be chatting with you. Um, so cool. So, okay. At the homeschool setting, were you taught code? Like to walk me through how you got excited about web development and that sort of thing? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. I, I would say I was more interested in in maybe technology than the average person. Um, but I didn't really have much access to uh, like traditional, you know, ways to 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 go around being educated about technology, right? It was it was uh, from from day one, you know, especially as you can imagine with nine kids, it's not like there's enormous budgets for even software licenses, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, kind of from day one, it was definitely. Um, uh, it had to be kind of my own pursuit a little bit. I was interested in technology, but actually for um, for quite a while, even into as my career started, I had no interest in in code at all. Um, I thought, to be honest, I thought code was going to be um, probably the most boring thing I could get into in technology at first pass. Question just strictly about like homeschooling. Did your folks kind of do individualized tailored lesson plans or were you all kind of learning collaboratively? How did that work? Yeah, some of both. I would say, you know, a decent amount of, of the reason for it uh, for my parents was was around being able to have at least a little bit more customized of a learning, uh, you know, learning path for each of us individually. 
Um, so I, um, I would say my learning style is definitely not as normal. I didn't enjoy school. <laughs> I didn't enjoy uh, a lot of aspects of maybe the more traditional school, which par- probably partially, uh, you know, prepped, prepped me for not going to college, I guess, or influenced me, I guess, not to go to college. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that, w- that was definitely a big part of, of the homeschool track. And were you able to tinker or, you know, play, build, et cetera, with tech? Yeah. So uh, one thing I think that is that's really interesting, you know, it's it's funny because you 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 look back at, at parts of your life that at the time, you know, it just felt like that's just what your life is. Right. But but now when you look back, you're like, wow, that was really kind of instrumental in, in bringing me to who I am, what where my career is at, you know little things that have almost no relationship, right, to to technology or the industry. Um, so for me, because I was not really uh, extremely um, interested in, in school specifically, I, I, it, it just wasn't like a huge passion. I wasn't an academic, right? Um, and so because of that, uh, I mean, my passion was like, how quick can I be done with school so that I can go just do other stuff? Right? I wasn't necessarily like a time waster. It wasn't like I was like, I mean, I played, I'm sure my fair share of video games, but I wasn't like, just like, Oh, anytime I can be watching a movie or, or something like that. Right. But I, I did enjoy being done with school. So I had the freedom to, to tinker, especially with, with technology. What were you exposed to? What were you diving into? And did that eventually lead you to learn to code or how did you decide then to take that on? Yeah. Well, so maybe what I'll, I'll talk, maybe I'll talk about how I got into code and then I'll actually kind of come back a little sure. bit because I think it's an interesting, interesting path. So <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. So yeah, again, I had no interest in, in code at all. I thought, you know, from the, the, the screenshots and the stereotypes, right. It was like, man, that looks just so boring. Right. Um, for sure. Who wants to be locked in a basement j- exclusively wearing a hoodie? Yeah, exactly. And, and just like, wow, you have to write all that code just to do, you know, a couple small things, right? right? Like that just seems tedious. I don't, you know, that I, I was, I was extremely adverse to tedious, right? And that just looked tedious. Um, but uh, if there's one thing that is more tedious in my mind, or was more tedious in my mind than coding, uh, it was skimming through log files and uh, I had the fortunate opportunity as basically a glorified intern at my first job to be given a task to skim through log files, which if there was one thing that I didn't want to do more than programming, it was the, you know, the, the gritty work of skimming through log files, um. looking for stuff, <laughs> knowing that as soon as I found something or didn't find something, I probably already missed something and have to restart the whole process, right? <laughs> so it's just anxiety of having to to do something tedious and i was like wow i could spend eight hours skimming this log file right or i could i could you know see what i can do with a couple python tutorials and 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 maybe it takes me eight hours to do that right um but like the that that idea of oh i could do this maybe an easier way was actually the first time i even considered really getting into coding. Oh, I see. Interesting. So how did you find yourself at that log skimming role? Yeah. So the reality was like, I'm sure it took me just as long, if not longer than to just skim the log, right? So it wasn't like an easier process. Um, But it was interesting because like the opportunity, um, you know, and and maybe this was something I didn't enjoy as much about traditional school was, it was hard for me to link 
what is the real world impact of this, right? And in that moment, I maybe had the opportunity to see a real world problem, even of my own, solved through software development, right? It, it was it was like this light bulb moment of being able to look at this situation that just seemed like, man, that just sounds so boring, so tedious. I'm a perfectionist, like I'm going to miss stuff, right? And instead it became like, oh, wow, I have a real world scenario, real world situation uh, to solve a problem. And, and not only did I solve the problem, but it was enjoyable to think through even the logical steps of how to solve this well, how to solve it for the next time, right? And, and that kind of whole bundle that comes with software development and, and programming. Yeah. So it sounds like that was kind of your aha moment of this is really cool. I can see the application of it versus things, you know, in school, it's like, why the heck am I learning this? Or, you know, you want to yeah. kind of fight it because it doesn't feel like there's that genuine application for it. And yeah, you're right. The moment you can kind of see a quick way a script can help you discover the errors in the log files. Uh, it's such a cool light bulb of like, hey, this is a neat thing. There's yeah. application. Let me learn it. And so that kind of started your journey, it sounds like then. Yeah, yeah. So, I, and a lot of it, even you know, as as I'm sure we'll get more to like current day, right? A lot of a lot of that same initial light bulb moment passion is what what bleeds into everyday, right? Helping others, solving real world problems, and and even like that, just that idea of being able to solve problems, right? We we all solve problems every day, or you know, there's things that we have to solve, right? Nobody tells you how do you how do you organize your dresser, right? <laughs> but like people people organize their dresser in a way that works well for them in that moment in their house and their dresser size, right? And like that's a to me that's just an extension of like problem solving even way back when, right? That before I even got into coding, I I enjoyed helping people and solving problems. I love that. That's so great. So after you graduated from that, uh, you decided not to go to college. And then did you get kind of your first role that we just talked about? That was that right then? Yeah. So it was kind of, it was kind of like a glorified internship. Um, and I kind of made that opportunity to to start writing a script, right? In, in that first situation for a log file, it was, it was in that moment where then somebody else saw, hey, you solved a real world problem with with code, maybe we have some other stuff that you could solve with code, right? And so they 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 gave me some other opportunities, but it wasn't it wasn't a development firm, right? They didn't have a long term opportunity for uh, you know career track for somebody to become a, a developer. Um, but it was definitely that that started that path um, and, and kind of gave me the itch for uh, for solving problems through coding and technology. The reason I ask is listeners for the show, it's we have a lot of folks that are trying to break into it and thinking, you know, what's the role needing to find a developer role itself. And so it's cool to hear that, hey, this wasn't even a developer role by title that you sort of made it into one and that then you can use that. It sounds like as a way to then backspring into another more strictly developed focused role. Yeah. And because before that day, right, they they didn't have a role for it and I didn't have a a, a specific clear-cut path to even if I were to get into software development, where should I be, right? It was it started with a problem that was able to be solved and that gave direction. Yeah, no, definitely. Because I think we talk a lot about 
here, like um, how to get your foot in the door and how to get that first role and then how to, you know, learn while on the job and capitalize on those opportunities there and make the most out of that scenario so that you can kind of add to your Rolodex and build out your portfolio of what you're capable of uh, versus always kind of staying in the studying, prepping mode and, you know, not feeling ready to dive into the wild and actually, you know, have a, a role in the space. So it's, it's neat to hear uh, a direct example of that, but also how then you use that as a way to ignite your curiosities as well of what you kind of continued on to. So take me actually, yeah, let's do it. Take me to today um, and tell me about what you do as the chief technology officer at Useful Group. Yeah, so so kind of from that point of learning a little bit of Python, right? I hit the wall pretty quick of them being like, "We don't, we don't need you to develop for us. We maybe have one script a month or a quarter, right?" And so, but uh, but but having that itch, and so uh, really, what I did from there, and and even to your point, a little bit of like, how how do you get in the door, right? And and some of what I was highlighting already, as far as like. Um, the the problem solving nature of technology. So really, what I what I went to from there is I actually I'm like okay I know now that I want to code for eight hours because I I enjoy it and I can see the opportunity of solving problems with it right. Um, but but then to your point, I wasn't working at a company where there was software developers or other people that I could learn from. I mean, just like a lot of other people, I I, I started you know I started knocking on doors of businesses trying to convince people, right? Like, hey, I could be a software developer, right? Um, but but it's interesting. And especially, you know, now being uh, chief technology officer of Useful Group, where I, I'm also now involved in hiring people and along the way, you know, I've done, done lots of that, right? Just to see, okay, what did I not see then? What What's effective to me now if I'm interviewing somebody, right? Um, and, and that idea of problem solving is, is what got me into that next door. So I, I went to the next, I, I went to this small agency and I'm like, hey, I don't know web at all. I've done some Python, but I think I can do programming, right? So hire me to to spend four weeks of just watching tutorials and then I'll build websites for you, right? That's That was my next step. And they bought it? They said yes to that? <laughs> No, that's amazing. I I mean, we, I talked to so many people who are afraid to just like, you kind of went to a company and like begged for a position and said, I will do on the job learning. I don't know how to do it yet, but I will. And that takes some serious gusto. Well, and, and what I like about it, and even now, right on the other side of, of interviewing people, like, what do I look for the most? And maybe it's cause I'm, maybe I'm biased, right? Cause this was me, but, um, but because technology is always changing, right? Because you can't know it all and it's going to be different tomorrow. There's going to be a new JavaScript framework, right? There's going to be something new. Um, it was really effective. Yeah. To, to, to say, Hey, you know, my boss wasn't necessarily a, a, like a long-term developer, but, but he was in technology. He understood that it was, I mean, apparently he was willing to risk it on somebody that had no, no, you know, college education, no development background, not even a high school officialized diploma, right? Because I convinced that, hey, I can, I can solve problems, right? And I can learn, uh, which to me now is what inspires me to every day in technology is the opportunity to never be done learning, right? So it, it's funny because I was not excited about school, which, you know, is like, oh, well, maybe I'm just a bad learner. Maybe I don't like learning, right? But in fact, you're obsessed with it. You love it. Right, and yeah. you just needed to 
discover yeah. this particular is it is it specifically tech that you love learning or is it you unlocked a new way of it that you're obsessed with or you know are you have you been able to pinpoint why exactly now you've stayed in that particular space yeah what I, you know tech opened the door a little bit of maybe self-owned learning right before it was like school it was like mm. hey you you need to do what we say memorize this to pass the test and I, I was decent at that I wasn't necessarily bad but um but technology really kind of flipped the switch or kind of started advancing or developing this characteristic of like of self-owned learning right and and i still love that probably the most in technology uh if, if you're on my instagram or, or my twitter you'll see i i joke about developing gluten networks when i'm not developing code networks right in the sense that i i, I like baking and cooking right and i see similar artistry versus uh you know, there's rules, there's chemistry, but there's also artistry, right? And so, so that kind of the learning, the research, the, the, hey, what is this puzzle piece going to fit into at a later time even, right? How can I, you know, and just like the opportunities that provides. That's so great. I think it's incredible. And I, I'm just so excited to have you here for this conversation because I think it's so important to a, a lot of folks, even like boot camp grabs or anyone, you know, if get in their heads about like, oh, I, I don't have that CS degree or I, they won't want me because of X and we'll all come up with excuses for why we can't apply for a job or why we're not right for a role. But instead, you know, here you are sitting as the CTO of a company saying, no, it doesn't need to follow that particular path. There isn't one right way. And if you can demonstrate that you are, you know, it sounds like you look for curiosity and the desire to learn and the ability to kind of move quickly. If you can show that, yeah, then absolutely. heck yeah. yeah. And, and because the reality, like, I mean, the, the longer I've been in technology, the more I realize I know less about it than I ever thought I knew, right? But But that's encouraging, right? It's encouraging to be like, actually, if you're, Maybe even it because you're not in the traditional path, you're actually more qualified, right? Because you are now set up to where you self-learned it, and that's just going to be the rest of your life, right? In, in technology, in, in a good way, right? That's 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 a lot of freedom to 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 go anywhere in your career, right? Yeah, it's a great point because no longer do you have in real, you know, I'm putting air quotes around when I say the real world, but you don't have an instructor or a professor saying this is the assignment anymore. And so you have to come up with, you know, discovering what works for you. I myself like do really poorly when I try to read uh, documentation. Like I love a good YouTube video, kind of a tutorial that walks me through something, but that's through tried and true kind of exploratory, figuring out what works for me learning style wise. Right. And I think it, it can be a block for, for folks if they're used to very prescriptive learning. Um, and so someone that is self-taught, yeah, it's cool to think about it, like thinking of it from that lens and perspective that they're already demonstrating that while, you know, working on the job, they'll be able to fill in holes and clarify their confusions and probably be a really good team player also. Tell me about Useful Group. Yeah. So, you know, what, what we've kind of taken then and, and that kind of idea of like, okay, how do we how do we solve problems for people through the ever-changing landscape, right? How do we be not developers or designers, but really we be, uh, you know, strategists and problem solvers uh, for people to to really make their their company, their idea, their organization flourish, right? And so that that kind of bread and butter of what even got me into 
uh, development is is still that bread and butter of you know who are we as useful group and what are what's our mission statement what do we do right um, yeah I see so taking a broader perspective of no we're not necessarily just going to build you a website something like that it's like will help you understand the bigger problems that are happening and how you can participate in contributing to the solution. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, especially from the tech department, we, we do marketing, we do podcasts, we do content, but from the tech department, we do uh, primarily a lot of websites. Right. But uh, what's interesting is like every, you know, no matter how much you, you even would want it to be the same as last time or not want it to be the same as last time, I guess, uh, depending, but uh, it, every project is totally different. Right. And, and so uh, but, uh, so we do, uh, we, we largely do, you know, websites and, and developing code. We, we get a lot of, uh, excitement out of, uh, you know, building highly designed and highly, you know, uh, good architecture and ADA compliance, right. And, and, and things at a, a like a premium, premium level, right. To get, to be experts in it, but it's, it's neat to see the opportunities to serve a bunch of real world problems, companies, people, you know, it, it through that. Yeah. I think there's something really cool about consultancy work and that you always have a new problem to be thinking about. And there's new versions of solutions all the time. It's, it something's always going to be interesting in the day to day. I love it. So interesting. So, okay. So, you know, traditionally I ask folks, you know, what kept you from entering the tech industry before you did? Can you give some thoughts to that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, you know, what's, what's interesting about it is, is at first glance, it feels like, man, there's just so much to know, like, how do people that are there, or, you know, have been there for a long time, get to where they are, right? Like, you have, you just have to be like a magician, or or just like, super smart, or like, already know this stuff, or or handed it, right? Um, and, and again, that same idea of like, uh, for me, you know, like, and, and I think for a lot of us, right, like the, the, the imposter syndrome, the, I don't know enough. There's always somebody that knows more than me about literally every given topic, right? That those are barriers that I think um, are really at, at first glance are, are really feel really big, right? Um, you know, as I've gone through now my career more being able to see more of just the, the reality that those are those aren't actually the barriers that I thought, right? Those are actually opportunities where uh, there's, there's so much to know that you can be, you can be anybody and know anything about technology and be able to serve somebody through that. Right. Like that, that's a, that's a world of opportunity. And the, it, it means that it's, it's a, it's an even playing field. And as much as you might feel like an imposter um, you're, you're set up better uh, to be able to, to take that mantle, take that hat on, right, um, and jump into that yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, it, yeah, that's such a fair point and important to say because, again, that self-talk and the negative narratives we allow ourselves to tell ourselves about our, about our path to it or what we don't know, uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be a blocker. It can We can see it kind of as an exciting thing. Like, look at all these things I don't yet know. How awesome. 
I might someday learn it. And those are the things I get to add to the kind of to-do list or to tackle this year or something like that. So just kind of really about perspective, I suppose. So my next question is about how has your past as XYZ helped you today in your role as, you know, chief technology officer, but it seems as though work-wise, you've kind of always been in IT or tech or some sort of that. So I'm not sure. Do you have thoughts on what we could, how we could spin that one? Yeah, and you probably are like Peter John. You sound like a broken record. Everything you say is the same thing. Just rephrase. No, yeah. but uh, um, but I do think that you know because because I wasn't in education like most people, right? I wasn't in even though it was like okay, I was in tech, right? But even the tech that I was in was still like. Nobody said, yeah, Peter John, you're right for it, or you know enough, right? It was even then coming straight out of high school and and going into a glorified, you know, uh, internship. Uh, there was still there was still a lot of that that same maybe feeling of like, uh, I don't, this isn't my job. I'm not qualified. Nobody's nobody's given me a stamp of approval, right? Um, but it did mean that I had to start that that snowball of learning for myself, right. And learning in on the job, right. Which is, is, you know, uh, even people I've worked with that have degrees in computer science, right. It's like the real world of technology is hard, can be very hard to fit in a classroom, especially if you're not in enterprise technology, right. Because, uh, you might be less of a cog in the, the, the matrix of a bunch of, you know, this system. And, and you might actually be like, posed with things that maybe weren't even your role, right? But people are the classic, right? Like, hey, you're a developer. Can you fix my printer, right? It's like, you know, that's, it, it's a joke, but it's also like, but there, there's, I think that opportunity to say, uh, man, if I, if I don't have the traditional background or, or experience, uh, I can still be great in technology because it means that anything I learn I've learned, right? I, I don't have a, and I, I, that's why I even love like boot camps. Uh, you, you mentioned earlier tutorials, right? It's funny that like, you know, the classic thing is like you follow any tutorial and even if it's a week old, it's like some package is outdated and you spend four hours just like fixing a package, right? Um, and at first, like if first experience, that's like, oh man, that's so such a bummer, right? So much, you know, it's like, I just want to do the tutorial, but it's like, but that that's kind of programming, right? That's kind of like, you know, development, that's problem solving. And so that's actually really a, even that, right? Like is a skill that's now valuable to an employer, to, to, uh, you know, a customer because you overcame. Definitely. Uh, yeah. You've learned to work through that and, and sit with the bug, make sense of it, understand it, and then tackle it versus just doing something perfectly the first time and which brings you no learning. So yeah, super fair. 100%. I love that. Thank you for saying that. Being self-taught, completely self-taught, it probably really differentiates you from, you know, when you were first coming out, but also just like any teammate you've ever had. Because as you said, you know, you bring this like diversity of thought to the table and that you are not problem solving exactly as someone else was taught to. And I think that's really important to say, like, this is a way uh, for folks that are interviewing right now, you know, I, I'm bringing this to the table. I'm not going to look at something exactly the same way as the rest of your team maybe are doing already. And so I can help us tackle something in an innovative way. And that there's so much value in that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I when I convinced that first employer to to hire me with my lack of <laughs> development experience, right? Uh, what one of the funny things was the their two developers that are I interviewed with actually uh, had moved on by, before my start date. So the day I started, I was the only developer. Right. And and I'm I had convinced them to be like, hey, I'm going to teach myself. And, you know, but now like the two people that would have been my mentors, right, were had moved on. Right. And so, you know, at, at the moment, it's like, oh, man, all my life I've been looking for this mentorship. Right. And I, I'm a huge advocate for mentorship. Um, but I'm also looking back now, I'm especially grateful for the opportunity of kind of like you said, right, it, it pushed me to be an outside of the box thinker for better or for worse. There was nobody that said, yeah, we can't do that, right? Or this is how it should be done. And to be honest, I'm sure there's some websites out there that I built that should not have been done the way that I built them, right? Um, but the the ability to iterate and, and learn through that, right? To really learn and not just to mimic, but to like actually in, in a self-owned way, right? Be able to come to terms with, you know, what does it look like to, to solve these problems? even if other people would have said, oh, that's impossible, right? You know, it's been a hugely valuable, uh, you know, abstract quality that I gained through that, that I wouldn't have chosen. I didn't know was was great, right? But that overcoming that adversity of even not having a mentor, trying to convince them to hire me, right? Those have almost been some of the staples of my career. Yeah, that I mean, and I think it's all about the narrative too. figuring out how to nail that interview so that they take that chance on you. And so they're like, okay, he doesn't have the traditional background that we normally look for, but we still want him. There's an art in that presentation of self, right, of confidence and like demonstrating some vulnerability and also just kind of, you know, this grit, it sounds like you kind of innately have. Uh, And so that's an important thing, I think, for folks that are about to be kind of like presenting themselves in front of a interview panel uh, to give some thought on, you know, what do we want them to walk away thinking about me or what are qualities that really should be sticking out in their head about when they think of that candidate uh, and to stay memorable in that regard. It's super fair. Yeah. And even from my vantage point now, right, I'm more interested when we're thinking about hiring somebody to say, where are you going than where have you been? Right. When when we talk about where have you been, it's it's to give some credibility maybe to where are you going. But I I would say, you know, to, to people that are looking to get in, if you have anything that's problem solving, anything that's, you know, in the area of not even technology, right, to say, like, I know how to solve problems, and I am devoted and intrinsically motivated, interested in doing this as my career, right? To, to me, right, like, I would, I would hire that far more than, than even like this pedigree per se, right? Because like, I want to know where you're going, right? And knowing where you've been helps, but I'm, I'm, I can be more convinced about where you believe you're going to go than strictly by where you've been. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's so important to say, and it's so great to hear from, you know, from that managerial perspective of what you're looking for, for folks when you are conducting those interviews and we should probably, you know, probably do many episodes on helping folks kind of get prepared for that in particular, but just hearing your story is so encouraging in itself. Can you uh, tell me about a time that you maybe have felt like an outsider and how you've dealt with those feelings? Yeah. Can't, yeah. Imposter syndrome, right? (laughs) 
Um, and, and even, you know, like, like we're already talking about the, the, to this day, right. Oh, I'm CTO of useful group. Right. But it's like, man, I would still be terrified about going to an uh, interview where they're like, Hey, do these code tests. Right. It's like, you know, it's like, well, maybe I'll fail the test. Right. But, um, so I think it's, it's, it's still easy, right. To be, uh, uh, to feel like an outsider every day, right? Even there's no, I, I think the reality is there's no amount of experience, skills, uh, followers, whatever that that will make you stop feeling like that, right? Um, and I think that's partially because it's not, it's 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 not in reality, right? Um, but so, so I, I can still feel like an outsider in a in a lot of the ways of like you know, there's there is there's a lot of concepts that I didn't get formally taught like most people get taught right there's a lot of uh i uh of those processes there's a lot of a lot of experiences a lot of things where people are like you know it's like oh you you're you're an outsider or you're you know the idiot or whatever right um but uh but that the opportunity um to be maybe a little bit less specific about the tools the skills and how prestigious they are how much i know or or the the experience and where, how I got that right. And, and more about the, the service and the end result provided and the good work done. Right. And, um, I think is, is, has helped against that, that imposter syndrome, that being an outsider. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. I, I think back to, uh, when I was in my boot camp and we would have TAs that were around afterwards to, you know, help out or help with help us with projects we were working on and they would grab the machine and just start typing and filling in the answers themselves because the ability to kind of like get out of the box and think about what the question was really asking and not having a prescribed way to give the solution uh it was impossible for them and so it was just like well here this is just how you do it and don't really know how to explain why you do it but just like this is what i've was taught and this is what I have memorized, you know, (laughs) and don't know why, but this is what you do. And it's like, well, I've learned nothing from that interaction. So I think, you know, there's just so much value of struggling through it. And gosh, you will never hear someone say, I hope I don't have a mentor. But like, when you put it this way, it's like, we don't have someone telling you the exact solution or I don't know, there's something to be said about working through it. And Um, not that we all have to struggle and be, (laughs) that's not what I mean to say either. Uh, but there is, you know, something really cool and result that you're able to approach problems in a really original and unique viewpoint. Do you have any advice for those who are wanting to transition into tech that you can share beyond what you already have? That is. No, I mean, again, even still, right. I still slip into thinking like to be, um, in technology, I got to be the best at something. I got to be the smartest at something or, you know, and that's just, that's just the natural place to, to say, Hey, that's my big barrier to ever doing what I really want to do. Right. Um, but, but I, I, I'm just consistently encouraged and amazed at like the best qualities that have been the most, uh, that have returned the most are the things like being optimistic, right. Likeable, empathetic, right? Like, will you know, like you said, I, 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 I think having a mentor is an awesome thing, but you're still responsible for yourself to learn from that, even if you have a mentor, right? And so maybe not having a mentor just means you're forced to that for better, or for worse, right? And it's a slower path in some ways, but you don't have that ability 
to not own it yourself. Right. So, so I would say those things, right. Like it, being optimistic, likable, empathetic, right. Like those are inherently as valuable, if not more valuable, and will create the opportunities for you to really be able to build the foundation and to learn the things and to to grow in the career that you want to grow in. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Well, Peter John, make your shout out. What would you like listeners to go check out? Are there resources that you can share? Well, you could check out my website, peterjohnhunt.com. Pretty much uh, you could find me on any social platform under also Peter John Hunt at Peter John Hunt on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, and then check out uh, Useful Group. So it's uh, we're doing good work and, and we are uh, inspired to to share more about how we do stuff and what's impacted us and kind of share back to the community that we've learned from. Right. So uh, those are all resources that we have available right now, but uh, and, and things that we're passionate about. Um, but that's uh, yeah, that's probably my main plug. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. And follow him on Twitter to find more about the gluten networks. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. If you want to see a whole lot of pictures of bread and bagels, like follow my social media. If you, I guess if you want to see more code, yeah, go to Twitter for code, Instagram, you can just see. I love it. Sorry. Very cool. Uh, Well, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you today and thank you for sharing all of your advice and wisdom and your own story uh, in breaking into tech. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Lauren. I appreciate it. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Big thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Cloudinary, and their Media Developer Expert Program, which is a global initiative for developer influencers who are passionate about learning, growing, and sharing their expertise in the exciting arena of rich media management while leveraging the power of Cloudinary's platform and extensive educational resources. You can reach out to me on Twitter at lolocoding, that's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G, to learn more about how you can become an MDE too. And as always, be sure to rate and subscribe anywhere you can find podcasts and check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.